Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. When we get saved, when we begin to follow Jesus, that is not the end of our story. That's not the apex of our story. That's just the beginning of the life that we have in Jesus Christ. And what Paul is saying in this text is that when you get access, you get into this area or this territory called grace. Now, grace is unmerited favor. Grace is basically a thing God gives you in spite of who you are. And we get access to it because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Now, what Paul covers here is he says, you will experience tribulation. You will experience tribulation. And you and I experience issues, right? And problems and conflicts. And tribulation is basically being under pressure, being under the weight of something. Now, let me ask you a question. How do you think you would act if you knew already the outcome of that difficult situation that you're going through. You guys with me? How do you think you'd feel right now? Think of that difficult situation in your life. I don't know what it is, physical, spiritual, emotional, financial. You're going through something right now. There's something that's bearing the weight of it on you and you're going through tribulation and you've walked into this territory of grace. You understand Jesus died for you. You understand what he did. You narrowly missed that pane of glass and you have experienced eternal life, but you're going through something right now and you're under that pressure. Let me ask you a question. How would that situation change in your attitude towards it if you already knew the outcome? I don't know about you guys, but, and I'm not going to point any fingers right now, but I know there's some people who like to find out the outcome of something before everybody else does. Okay. So there are people in this world, not sure I quite understand them. Here's what they do. So they'll go into a movie theater and they'll be watching a movie. And what they will do is they will open up the Wikipedia page and they will read through the entire Wikipedia page and they will find out what the ending of the movie is. And if they're normal people, they're going to sit there and keep quiet. Sometimes they're less sanctified and they start telling everybody else how the movie ends and ruin it for everybody else, right? No, we're, we're, we're people who are like that, right? Sometimes we like to know the outcome. And the worst part is when the person finds out the outcome, they're sitting there like cheesing. They're like, ha ha, yeah, you guys are over here worried about finding out who the killer is, but I know, right? We're people who like to know the outcome, right? So this happened a few months ago and not about the movie example, something else. So I, we were at my, uh, at my father-in-law's house and... We're watching a, a, a tennis match. Now, if you know with the proliferation of social media, it's a complete spoiler alert all the time because the East Coast sees things a lot earlier than we do and they pretty much know the outcome. And so uh, it was like six or seven people watching this tennis match. I forgot who it was, uh, who, who it was uh, against, the, the tennis match, but it was a really, really epic tennis match. And I'm not into tennis. Um, I know it's hard for you to believe, but it's true. I'm not. And if you are, no problem. Um, I went on to Twitter and I found out who won. I found out who won. And I'm like, Hey guys, I know who won. Everybody's like, no, don't tell us. Don't tell us. Don't tell us. Don't tell us. Right. 
And, you, and you've experienced this before if you're like into football or any, any of the other idolatrous sports that exist. <laughs> you can repent later. Um, so you know exactly the feeling. And what happened is everybody's asking me, everybody's saying, please don't tell us who won. Now, do you understand the level of confidence that I personally had at that moment? I was not worried about the outcome. I was not biting my nails, sitting there wondering who was going to win. I already knew. I knew the outcome. While everybody else was worried and thinking, oh, she missed that shot, she missed this shot, whatever. I'm sitting there like thinking, man, guys, like literally I know the answer to everything you're saying and I know the outcome and I'm not worried and I'm just hanging out here. I'm not experiencing any stress. Now, those are basic human illustrations and human emotions that all of you guys are experiencing. Now, take it a step further. Imagine if the problem you're experiencing today, you're living through that as if you already know the outcome. Now, I want to tell you this morning that that is a possibility because you know the outcome. You look at the past. You've already experienced Jesus saving you. So, you can go through it with stability, knowing the outcome. Now, what happens in tribulation? It is a pressure, and that pressure builds your character. All of us need a character formation, and actually, actually tribulations are often really good for us because it proves our character. So I want to challenge you this week, whatever you're going through, think about it. Whatever that problem or issue or conflict, understand that Jesus has already won. The physical ailment you're going through, Jesus is going to give you strength to go through it. The financial ailment, the emotional one, whatever it is that you're going through, you need to understand that Jesus has already won. You already know the outcome, and that changes your attitude completely. It's a guaranteed victory, and it helps us with our character. This is why Paul, in this particular text, he writes that we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. And you know why you and I can come up, come to our problems or issues knowing that God has already solved them? Because we have that ticket of salvation in our hand. God has granted us access. He's given it to us. It's a surefire thing. So we looked at the past of how we escaped death. We looked at the present, that we have access into this territory called grace. And I want to look at the future. So in verses 9 through 11, here's what Paul says. Paul says, since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Now, friends, grace is the currency of heaven. Paul is saying we've been justified. Paul is saying there is nothing in us to deserve not being absolutely destroyed by God. Yet Jesus comes and saves us entirely from that. And there's a process that happens called the process of reconciliation. And I love the, Paul, I love the fact that when Paul begins, he tries to create a little bit of, of a tension, right? He's saying, look... In the past, you've been rescued from death. And now he's saying, you've been granted access into the court of God. And he's saying that it's nothing in you that, that you did to, 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 be, to be granted that. And here's the important part to understand. Paul says, while you were still sinners, Christ died for you. Okay? 
it means that there's nothing in me or in you good for God to save us, yet he still does. And here's the point of this text. Paul is basically saying, you weren't what you should be when you were saved by Jesus, and you aren't what you should be when you already are saved by Jesus. However, God continuously, emphatically, imperatively continues to save you. It means that none of us has graduated. We weren't what we needed to be when God saved us, and we're not where we should be even right now, yet God still continues to save us. That's the process, friends, of reconciliation. It's a holy God and a sinful human being coming together at one because of what Jesus did for you and for me on the cross. That is really, really good news. Now, Paul also mentions in this text a very peculiar thing. He says, you know what? Hardly anybody would give their life for a good person. So think about the cultural understanding of what a good person is, right? We think of like Mother Teresa, for example. And so maybe some of us who are more noble in character would say, you know what? If I had to die for Mother Teresa, most likely I would do it. Maybe some of us who are being honest would be like, nah, I want to keep my life and maybe I'll accomplish more, right? So the point is, scarcely any one of us would die for a righteous person and no one would die for a horrible person. How many of us would say right now, you know what, if I had a chance, I would die for for Hitler. Like that's pretty crazy thought. None of us would say that. Yet friends, here's the reality. The same sinful heart that exists in a person that does not know Jesus is the same sinful heart that you and I had before Jesus saved us. We were in the same dire condition, and yet God still continues to save us. And so if we understand the grace of God and the fact that we have access to the territory of grace, how much more should we give it to other people? Thank you for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.